is Florence Brummer. I'm your host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast for attorneys and basically anyone, business owners, stay-at-home moms, whoever you are that are concerned with practicing self-care and time management. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999, and throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. This um, week's, or this, I do it every other week, not every week, but this podcast is called When It Rains, It Pours. And, um, you know... The last two weeks have been insane, like insane. Um, So much has been going on since I last talked to you. Um, Work stress and a very serious personal stressor, which I'll get to at the end. Um, So before before I talked to you last time, I recorded a little bit early because I was going to an event in Dallas, Texas. So I um, did go to that and it was an Adam Carolla event with John Popper doing music. It was in Dallas, which I've never been to. And I'll say this about Dallas. It was kind of meh, but all right. It started off on a negative note. (laughs) When we got to the airport, we were going to the taxi stand. I always take a cab from the airport rather than taking an Uber or a Lyft because usually when you take an Uber or a Lyft, they make you go to some crazy location, but there's a cab stand. So we're walking to the cab stand and I see this, you know, nice looking car and he goes, are you looking for a taxi? And I said, yeah. He goes, I'm a taxi. And It didn't look like a taxi. Like, it didn't look like a yellow cab. It didn't have anything on the outside. But I thought, well, I've never been here, so maybe that's how taxis are. So we got in, and I said, you don't have a meter. He goes, oh, the meter's on my phone. And I knew that the cost of a taxi was between, like, $30 and $40 to get to the city. So we're we're going, and, and I'm just having, like, a weird feeling because... When we were walking to the cab stand, there was like a line of a couple of cars, which made it seem like a cab stand, but none of them said taxi on it. And it did seem like the sign that was pointing to taxis was still pointing further down the way. So um, we started, you know, we, we got in the car and then in the whole way there, I'm just having like this feeling And, but he was friendly and it felt safe and all of that. And, um, we could tell we were going into the city. He knew where we were going. We were talking about different things with the city. And then we get to the hotel and he says it's $140. And we're two women traveling by ourselves. Our luggage is in the back. It really just felt forced to pay. So I paid on my credit card so I could later dispute it. But afterwards, I kept telling my sister-in-law, I said, I felt so stupid because um, I questioned myself about it and I should have just said, no, we're going to walk 
further. Um, but like I said, it was a different city that I'd never been to before. So I thought maybe this is the way that they do it, but it clearly wasn't. I did dispute, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get a free ride. So I did dispute $90 of the ride, which still would get him 50, which is more than the going rate for a taxi. Um, honestly, I should have probably disputed it all to, um, detract from that sort of behavior, but, um, you know, I'm not trying to get anything for free. So that was my first taste of Dallas. And then, um, it was pretty cold when we were there, but we did see some nice things and the comedy shows were fun. It was very relaxed. You could kind of come in and out and we went and like we wouldn't, we would go and do something and then we might show up a little later or, or, or come in, um, or leave a little earlier because we were doing things too. My favorite thing, honestly, was the JFK Museum at the Texas Book Depository where Oswald was um, alleged to have shot JFK from. So it was fascinating. They turned the Book Depository floor six into a really great museum, like a really great museum. And um, it had a good um, shop afterwards, and I bought my grandson some books and sent some postcards out. And it was great. So that part was my, probably my favorite part. We had some good food. We found this one place that had like modern Southern dishes. That was great. We found this vegan restaurant that was super delicious. So had nice food. Um, trying to think what else we did. Oh, we went to the original Neiman Marcus. That was fun. I had a gift card for um, free food. And so we got, um, their famous popovers and had some drinks and so was able to use that gift card which was expiring in a few days so it was fun like you know we had a nice trip we left friday afternoon and came home sunday night so it was very compressed and busy we our rooms at our hotel was really nice oh the crazy thing was okay it was this huge hotel like huge like four towers it was a sheridan a cheerleading competition was going on and all the cheerleaders were staying at this hotel. So it was insane. So the lounge that I usually get access to for my status was closed. Um, cheerleaders were everywhere all the time. It was very loud, but we had these great rooms that were down in a, like the corner of the hotel. So it was a very quiet. Um, and, we had like both of the rooms had like a living room. So you had to walk through the living room to get to the bedroom. So we didn't, we weren't, our beds weren't by the door. So it was actually really nice. So that was cool too. So that was great. And then um, the weekend afterwards went to Disneyland. And before I went to Disneyland, I had two like terrible case things, you know, for my, for my cases as an attorney, I decided it's probably impossible for me to talk about them without, um, spilling any client confidentialities. And it's nothing about my clients. I mean, clients are totally fine with me, you know, that, um, all that was great, but like two things where it was outside parties throwing crap at me in a way I just didn't need. And it wasn't warranted, in my opinion, but caused all this stress on me. Like I was just dwelling on it, like totally dwelling on it. 
But then what I had was the next weekend, so travel to Dallas, and it's one of those things where, you know, things get really busy all at the same time. So that thing for the Adam Carolla weekend came up, and um, going back to that for a second, so John Popper from Blues Traveler was working with Adam, and we got like private concerts with him, where there was probably like 200 people in a hotel ballroom, and he was just singing. I mean, his voice, the range of his voice is crazy. He probably could have sang without the microphone, and his voice would have filled the room. He really didn't need the microphone for that space. And he was very friendly. You know, it, everyone was very friendly. It was great. So the next weekend, I had planned a trip ages ago for Disneyland. And we went to um, Disneyland. We flew there on Saturday we had a great meal Saturday night at Goofy's Kitchen. Like my kids, who are two adults and a 16-year-old, love this place. I mean, the two adults really love the place. And it's a buffet, and the food is good. And you have the characters come around. But we had this weird table this time. We had this table that was in the back of the restaurant, and the characters would come in and out of a door that was right by the table, which you think that if they were coming in and out of that door, that we would have had all these character visits. But what was happening was, as soon as they came out, they passed our table. And when they went in, they were just in a hurry to get in, so they would pass our table. So finally, I went up to the, it, it was like the end of our meal. We were having dessert, and we had no character visits. So I went up to um, some staff that worked there and, and told them, and they were amazing, like amazing. They sent over Dale from Chippendale. They sent over Minnie. And my grandkids just had this these wonderful interactions of hugging the characters and smiling and taking pictures. There's this crazy picture of my grandson with like this insane smile on, like the, the widest, happiest smile. He was so happy. So we go back to the hotel, go to sleep, get up really early, like really early. Well, I did. I got up at 5.30 um, so that I could be ready, and we were out the door by 7 to get to Disneyland when it opened at 8. My daughter, Lily, and her husband and son didn't come with us for that early opening. They were having a later start. So um, here's something that we did this year that was better than last year. I had them put the app on their phone and then log in with my credentials so they had their tickets so we didn't have to be together the whole time going at 8 a.m was an amazing idea my um, oldest daughter and my youngest grandson and my youngest daughter we ran around the park and for an hour and a half we did so much we went on almost all the rides in Fantasyland. we saw a bunch of characters it was great. And then my other daughter came probably like 9.30ish and we met on the Jungle Cruise. And there's a bunch of stuff closed down at Disneyland, which was frustrating. Like all of Toontown is closed down except for the new Mickey Mouse ride that we never were able to make it on. Um, most of Adventureland was closed down. So there was no Indiana Jones ride. There was no tree house. You can't walk through it to get to New Orleans Square. So um, because 
Jungle Cruise was kind of, um, it was kind of like in a corner, like you walked into a corner and you couldn't walk through. It had very little traffic. So we just walked onto Jungle Cruise. I haven't been on Jungle Cruise in years because it is always so crowded for something that's, uh, mildly fun, <laughs> you know, um, it's not like the most fun ride. Sometimes the uh, people who do the boats, like sometimes they're excellent. Sometimes they're kind of corny. Like this time our person was meh. You know, they were kind of talking in a monotone. Um, they were repeating jokes, which I don't think they realized they were repeating. They were like on autopilot and it was fine. And we went, and then after that, uh, we went on the Tiki Hut, went in the Tiki Hut together, which is always something that's very special to us. But both of my grandsons were like kind of going crazy. So it wasn't as fun as it usually is. And then we went to New Orleans Square and did Haunted Mansion, had lunch, did Pirates, went on Winnie the Pooh. My Some of my kids went on Splash Mountain. So we did kind of a lot. And then it was cold and damp on Sunday. So my oldest daughter, who got there later, went back to the hotel and we went on the steamship for Disneyland, which ended up being one of my most favorite things. It's just a steamship that goes around that man-made lake. So you get a good view of Tom Sawyer's Island and a good view of the park. And I always feel like I never get over to Tom Sawyer's Island, which is something I really like to do. So it's like seeing it in full sort of like cushion the blow of never being able to go there because we always go to Disneyland for one day and to try to get over to the island and you know walk around for at least an hour it just doesn't seem to happen um so then we went over to Tomorrowland and we did a picture with Darth Vader we went on Autotopia we went on the Buzz Lightyear as we walked out we did Abe Lincoln and both days what we did was and this is a, a tip I will share that worked really well. Went back to the hotel in the afternoon for naps for the kids, naps for us, uh, getting drinks of water, taking our shoes off for a while, things like that. And it was the best thing I've ever done. Then we went back in the evening. It was kind of crowded. You know, I've been going to Disneyland for a long time and it always used to be that at the end of the night, the place would clear out and you could run around and go on everything. It's not like that anymore. We did um, go to uh, Star Wars Land. We went on one of the rides, the main ride, which we couldn't go on, the Rise of the Resistance, which we couldn't go on last year, was um, broken. And then when it started up again, you couldn't get on it. It was, you know, too long of a wait. You couldn't get the fast passes. But we did, um, you know, sit around Star Wars, had some snacks. Like, it was good. You know, we went, uh, my daughter and son-in-law, we went into the cantina and had a drink. Well, the others uh, stayed outside and kind of enjoyed Star Wars. And it was sort of raining on and off, like misting. Um, and then um, we, you know, went through Fantasyland and tried to do some things and we did the teacups. That's actually how we ended the night. And I don't know why that this is like this every time I can never go on the stinking Peter Pan ride. We got there 
at 8.01, we were inside the park, 8.01 a.m., and walked right to the Peter Pan ride, and it instantly had a 45-minute ride. So initially, in the morning, I said, let's do everything else. You know, we, we like literally ran around, we did everything else, and came back to the Peter Pan ride, and it was never shorter than 30 minutes. The, the ride broke, <laughs> and we ran over there when it started working again. And it instantly had a 30-minute ride. I will never understand that ride as long as I live. It was the same with the Alice in Wonderland ride, which I really love. I end up making that one more often than the Peter Pan. I haven't been on Peter Pan in years because I'm not going to wait 30 to 45 minutes or longer. You know, a lot of times it's like an hour. I'm not going to wait that long for that ride. So that was the end of the night. You know, it closed at midnight. We got back to the hotel about 11. We had planned to stay till midnight, but um, just sort of petered out. Like our only choices would have been to wait for Peter Pan and to wait for Alice. And I wasn't up for it at that point. So we went back to the hotel, got up again early, went to California Adventure for the day. Same thing. I went with half of the group right when it opened and we ran around and we did a bunch of stuff like we it was great we went into probably one of my most favorite things of the trip was we went into the beasts library in california adventure and we were the only people in there and it just let my grand we were just able to let my grandson just like run around and look at the stuff on the walls and he was having such a good time because he's familiar with beauty and the beast and we took pictures and took a video it was just so nice we went on monsters inc just twice in a row because it had zero weight um trying to think what else we did um oh went on the spider-man web slinger um and for both days i got the lightning pass the uh, i don't know if you call it lightning pass or if you call it genie day or something, it's like something like that, where you get a bunch of lightning passes for certain rides. It's so worth it. You know, so many rides that we would go on where we didn't have to wait. It was $25 per person. And it just was so much better than waiting in long lines. Like it really was great. Then we went to Cars Land and that's when my other daughter joined us. We went on the tractors, the Mater tractors that he tips over, and then it starts raining. And at first, it's like big, slow drops, and then it's really hard rain. And I had been watching the weather for two weeks, and there was a chance that it was going to rain at night when the park was closed. But still, I brought rain ponchos with and hand warmers. Hand warmers were the most amazing things to have. The rain ponchos were great too, but it was a really heavy rain. And one thing you realize when you're there, when it's raining, there's really nowhere to go. And when it's raining like that, if you need to get back to your hotel, the only option is to march through pouring rain, which is what my daughter Lily did. She's like, I can't take this. Adam can't take it. We're going back. So with my other daughters, we went into this Mickey Mouse um, movie where 
it's like the symphony movie and Donald Duck takes Mickey's magical hat and then Donald Duck goes through a bunch of Disney movies. It's delightful. It's delightful. It's in the same theater that used to be the Muppets Theater, which I still wish they had. That was like a, that was so special to me because I watched the Muppets when I was little and it was the theater from the 1970s Muppets show that my brother and I always watched. And, um, so I'm sad they took that away, but this was a really cute little show, like 15 minutes. And when it was over, I said to my daughter, I'm like, sit through it again. I said, we're not getting up. We're using this to stay out of the rain. So we did that. And then when we got out, it was kind of misting. And so we decided then now it's okay to go back to the hotel. So we walked back and then, um, we were at the hotel. We were getting ready to go, you know, back to the park for a couple of hours before it closed. And we got a call from my brother, and it was really bad news. You know, um, something we've been dealing with quite a bit. I'll get to that at the end because I want to talk about it for a while because it's really the most important thing that I'm going through right now in terms of stressors. So I do want to save that for the end because it just has that importance. So we were dealing with that and then just sort of got it together and went out. My daughter, Lily, and her husband went out for their anniversary. It was, a you know, like a week since their anniversary. And they were waiting for Disneyland to have a dinner together. And they went to Bubba Gump and we took her son and went back to California Adventure and kind of did a bunch, you know. It went by so much faster than I really thought it would. But we went on Monsters, Inc. We went again on Spider-Man so my oldest grandson could see it. We got a snack. And then I sent my daughters to go on the Radiator Springs ride, which is just the most awesome ride there ever was. And they went on it. And it took forever. And so when they got back, I said, that's it. It's 8.57. The park closes at 9. Like, that's it. We're out of time. So we walked back and, and went to sleep. And then the next day was just a travel day. We were able to, um, I, I keep saying, we were able to sleep in. We weren't able to sleep in at all because my grandson was waking us up at 6, telling us it was time to get up. <laughs> we're like, no, it's not time to get up. We can rest. We don't have to be up. But the hotel had a breakfast that started at 6.30. So we went down there early and ate and then went back up to the room and showered and got ready. And by the time, you know, we did all of that and cleaned up the room a little bit, we, we had two separate rooms. And I stayed in one room with my oldest and my youngest daughter and my youngest grandson. And my other daughter and her husband and, and son stayed in the room next door. The rooms were trashed. It was embarrassing just food everywhere like the, like the kids every time they had a snack they spilled it the rooms were smelly from diapers even though we were taking the diapers and um putting them in different areas the housekeeping had taken the garbage but just everything was gross I did make sure I left tips for housekeeping because it was horrific it just was horrific it just was so gross I guess you can't keep it not gross with that amount of people and, and two toddlers. We could not. You know, it's funny when I am in a place by myself 
when I'm traveling by myself and I stay in a room, it doesn't even look like anyone is staying in the room. It looked like Motley Crue partied in this room. It just was something else. Oh, and just another thing about the hotel. We stayed at a Spring Hill Suites, which I really like. I like Spring Hill Suites. I like Residence Inn. They have the breakfast in the morning. They have uh, nicely appointed rooms. It just was really good. And we had a room that faced out towards the back of California Adventure. And the first night when there was fireworks, we just looked up the window and saw the Disneyland fireworks. Like it was delightful. It was wonderful. It was the best view that we could have had to see the Disneyland fireworks. So, um, we headed to the airport, you know, the flight back was, was fine. It did, it was delayed because there was icy conditions around the rest of the nation. So going back from California to Phoenix, we ended up delayed due to other delays, but not too bad. We got back to the house like five, had a quick dinner, tried to work as much as I could. And then the next two days of work, particularly, so now I'm back to work on a Wednesday. I go into the office. I don't have any meetings or any court on Wednesday. And I get, and I, and I get there at like before nine. And I think for the next four to five hours, I'm going to go through things and I'm going to get through it all. I have all these messages. And the crazy thing was I kept thinking I was gone two work days. Like, what is all of this? I had stacks of uh, papers to look at that were prepared by my staff. I had a lot of mail to go through. The stack of stuff that I had to go through was probably a foot high and um, the messages were probably about 20 and it took forever. I did not leave the office until 6 PM. Like I was floored by how long it took me to catch up. And while I was gone, I was looking at my emails. Um, you know, I never stopped looking at my emails, <laughs> So I was pretty much caught up on emails, but with everything else, it took nine hours to go through. And then the next day I had court and meetings and it was another long day. And Friday, I think I actually left like three or three thirty, and it felt like a vacation because I was able to leave a couple of hours early. And then, um, Friday night went to a movie. All right. Oh, <laughs> And here's the other thing, like, so in, in all of it. Okay. So in my Google reviews, all my Google reviews are five-star reviews. I like to think that I have a really nice relationship with my clients. Um, you know, the things clients say to me about how I make them feel in these difficult situations means so much to me. And so people have reached out and given me five-star reviews and they say the nicest things about me. So I get a notification from Google um, just this morning. This is Sunday as I record this. It says, you have gotten a one-star review. And, okay, I'm a big girl. <laughs> I realize this stuff happens. You cannot make everyone happy all the time. There's lots of people who have one-star reviews and whatever. And so I'm reading it, and I'm thinking, I don't know who this is. 
And I started to write a response and I, and I was trying to write like a very carefully crafted response. And I'm like, well, no, it can't be. Cause I was just going to say, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Are you sure this is me? And it was sort of a, I don't even know if you can call it a condemnation of me. It was just like complaints in general. Um, where she was talking about the person was saying that the other side said negative things about me uh, to my attorney. So she's saying the other attorney told me negative things about my client. I will tell you this happens in every single case. Not every single case. I, I don't know. I'm exaggerating. But when you're in litigation and you have opposing sides, the other side isn't going to call you and tell you, how great the other person is. They're going to say things on behalf of their client. Like your client is wrong because of A, B, C, and D. And not always, like not everything has to be negative. You know, people will call me and they'll say, hey, your client seems like a nice guy, but they're wrong on this. Or, you know, they, I, I'm trying to think, do, does anyone ever say your client is totally wrong, right on this? If they thought my client was totally right, they're probably either in a conflict with their client or they're talking and they're talking to their client about settling and probably not acknowledging to me how right my client is. So that's like par for the course. And then, you know, one of her comments was Florence wrote a passive aggressive email. So like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. And then the third thing was, we worked together for a few months and then she withdrew and that probably, probably harmed my, harmed the case with the, um, the judge. And I'm thinking, and I can talk about this, you know, when I had said earlier, there was like some things that I couldn't, didn't feel I could talk about, um, because it was client confidentiality. This is put out in the public. You can look at Google, you can see this review. And then after like, this is what I saw at 7am on a Sunday morning when I was trying to sit down actually and have a few minutes before I had to deal with everything else that I'm dealing with. I've had a petition that I've needed to write for the last few days and with everything going on, I've written like five words for it. Like I'm just nowhere on it. So that was like my plan for the morning. Now I'm dealing with this and then it hits me and I'm like, this is a case from almost 10 years ago that I worked on for a couple of months and then withdrew because I was not the right fit for this. The client and I were not the right fit for each other. And here's where I can't talk about it. I mean, there's reasons why that I, I just can't say because of confidentiality. But I withdrew. So I looked at the case. It looks like it went on for a couple years after me. And then has some sort of resolution, which I don't know what it is. So the case went on for a few years and then something like it's over. And then I've been off of this case for, you know, close to 10 years. Someone else came in. There's a resolution to it. And then I get this one star review. Like just so upsetting, like so, so, so upsetting. So, um, then, um, I do a response 
And I really think my response was magnanimous. Just really like, sorry you feel this way. I don't think this is correct. It's been about 10 years since we worked together. I hope you found someone who was a better fit. Something along those lines. But just really something I didn't need with all the other circumstances that's kind of happening in my life. Like I'm so much going on. And this upcoming week, I have so much court. But tomorrow, I have a dentist appointment in the morning. I have two hearings in the morning after that. And then I have a trial in the afternoon that I have to go to physically. I was supposed to have, so now I'm back to where I was in the fall, where I have an annual type of appointment that I need, and I've had to push it off again. So there's the resentment for that. I had an emergency hearing pop up on my calendar with, it's a hearing where there's tons of attorneys and everybody could do it at 10 o'clock on Monday. And I technically can do it, but I have to move this appointment. And then I called to move it and they can't see me for two months. So I'm like, I cannot keep pushing off my health stuff for these hearings. And so the whole rest of the week is just hearings after hearings after hearings, like all the way till Friday afternoon. So the super stressful week coming up. So now I want to talk to you about the most important thing, the most stressful, the most sad thing. So my brother had called me from the emergency room when we were in Disneyland and a mass was found on his lung. At that time, initially, they told him that it was cancer. And then, and so we're upset, we're crying. And then like in the next day or two, <coughs> he talks to the pulmonologist and says, um, you're going to get a biopsy and then we'll figure it out. And there's all these things that it can be. So then for like two days, we have like these options, like maybe it's valley fever, maybe it's, um, you know, a, a benign growth that just be removed, um, just different things. So is the biopsy on Friday and they're able to talk to him right away. And it's inoperable lung cancer. Like as I'm saying this, I can't even believe the words are coming out of my mouth. He will be meeting this week and we don't have the appointment time yet. Another thing we're waiting on with um, an oncologist on Monday or it's supposed to be Monday, but that's all kind of up in the air too. The oncologist on Monday and um, then we'll know more. It sounds like they're going to be doing um, chemo and radiation and treating it very aggressively. So that's all I know. But it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. So this has been the number one thing on my mind. And I go to bed in that moment when you wake up and your mind is clear, you know, like you wake up and you see the sun you're like, hey, look at the morning, and then it all comes flooding back. So how have I been dealing with this? Um, one is spending lots of time with my brother. Like, I'm probably annoying, but we've all been going over there, you know. We all live in the same town, which is great. But sometimes we realize that, like, weeks go by, and we really haven't seen each other. So over the last week, we've all been running over there quite a bit. 
And I've been thinking a lot about stress management with how these last couple of weeks have been going. One thing is saying no to things that you can say no to. I had a client come in this week with a case that I was just not comfortable with and felt that the client would be better served by someone else and I turned it down. I think the person was disappointed because they were there talking to me and wanted me to take the case, but ultimately the better thing was to um, turn it down with everything that was going on and how I felt about the case. And it was like a one of those gut feeling things where it was like, I'm not the right attorney for this, I'm not feeling good about some things, and it should go to somebody else. And so I sent it out. Um, another thing is, you know, do what you need to do to take control of your environment. So if you're looking at the news or reading a paper and it's making you anxious, turn it off. If um, an action movie is just too much towards your senses, turn it off. I've been watching a lot of Roseanne, the sitcom from the 80s, which I think it might have went into the 90s. It's just light, you know, and it's about a family that loves each other very much and a funny mom and a funny dad. And so I go to sleep for Roseanne right now. Take your to-do list and go through it. Oh, another thing I forgot. Like this, this is really why I'm calling this when it rains, it pours. One of my best friends was attacked by a giant dog. Like crazy, like horror movie bites on her and she called me and she has this going on and just unbelievable you know that as well so um looking at your to-do list and kind of cutting it down is very important that's hard for me this week which has been a real challenge which is i have all these cases it's not really anything where I think I can ask for a continuance. I may need to as things go by with as I get news, but I don't have anything right now. It's just like sitting and worrying. So a lot of times I've been feeling like just kind of stay busy. That was one of the reasons we went to the movie on Friday was just to get out of the house for a little bit instead of sitting here and ruminating on what's going on. So we went and saw a movie. We grabbed some Rubio's and brought it home and it was uh, good, you know, but looking at my to-do list for the next couple of weeks, I really have to figure it out. Um, also part of this is like finding a balanced schedule over the last two weeks I've been having a really hard time getting exercise in I have my um, cycling class I get eight classes a month I still have three left for this month to do and the month ends on the ninth between the travel and everything that's been going on trying to get in for an exercise class has been crazy. Another thing has just been, you know, you don't want to ruminate 
on your problems, but you also try to rethink them. So like everything that's going on with my brother, I try to think, okay, if this is the news, what can I do to help? If this is going on, what is something that can be done? There's just like different things where um, you have ideas of some options, you know, like trying to think of the options. So really just taking the problems and sort of reframing it, looking at the big picture. Another thing is like adjusting your standards. So if you have something that is you want to have done perfectly, like adjust. Um, here's probably what a poor, a poor example, but you know, two weeks ago before all this happened, we were talking about all of us getting together on a Sunday and just hanging out and we're going to do it at my house. And so I ordered sandwiches, planned for like veggie trays and fruit trays and all of that. And now everything's happening with my brother. So he's not up for coming here. So I'm kind of adjusting it where I'll have some of the food at my house, bring them some stuff to eat. And we were all going to be together, but now we're going to kind of stagger it because everyone at my house is, see, we're eight people and then some other people were coming over and I just didn't want to show up at my brother's house with 12 people. So we're going to kind of stagger it. I don't know. That's probably not a great example. Um, sharing your feelings. You know, we've been talking a lot, all of us talking a lot, just talking about how we're feeling. It goes from crying to laughing to anger. Like we're having lots of feelings right now. Um, going back to the exercise, like keeping your physical activity up is good. I'm missing my walks. It's finally warming up again. It's finally warming up. So I want to get back out there and walk, walk to the store. Like if I need to pick up one or two things from the store, I can walk there and pick it up. I can bring the kids with me in the strollers. Um, I need to make sure I'm still going to my cycling classes. Just whatever is needed to keep moving. And then also, you know, this is kind of along the lines of talking it out and exercise, but time for fun and relaxation and connection. So make sure there's time set aside for leisure time. I, um, on Saturday, this was my first Saturday at home in three weeks. And so I took a bath and I did some reading. I washed my sheets, which I know doesn't sound very leisurely, but probably one of my favorite things in the world to do is to climb into freshly washed sheets. That is my best night of sleep. I don't know if just, if it's mental or if just like the cleanness of not having like all your skin cells all over it or something or all the allergens just is really important. Take time to do something that you like every day. 
For me, that's reading. At night, I try to watch a movie. I've been watching the new Black Panther movie. This will be the, I have 15 minutes left because I've just been so tired and not having time also. So it's taken me four nights to get through it, but I enjoy watching new movies. Um, do stuff for relaxation. You know, a lot of prayer has been going around between all of us. Praying together, praying alone, like very, very important. And I've also been um, very cognizant of time management, which I know what this podcast is generally about. But managing my time has become a challenge. You know, I start off in the day and before I know it, it's the evening and I'm trying to get something on the table for people to eat. My oldest daughter is pregnant and, um, you know, she doesn't feel great. At times she'll be doing stuff. She feels like she's going to faint. She always needs to keep eating and I'm trying to take care of her too. You know, it's just everything. So I'm trying as much as I can to not overcommit myself. Um, we'll see. Um, and prioritize your tasks as much as you can and delegate as much as you can. Without my staff, I don't know what I would do. I would probably lock the doors, put a sign on the door and a message on the voicemail that says, uh, not taking anything, you know, um, maybe withdrawing from cases. But because I have staff who is able to help me, I'm able to keep up to a certain extent. Been trying to eat healthy. You know, I will say we've been having some treats in because it's just nice to have treats. But, you know, I like to have a lot of fruit in the house. Um, I worry about having too much sugar. Um, but don't beat myself about it as well. I really watch what I drink. I will have maybe one to two drinks a month. And sleep, I'm really, really cognizant about it. Because if I don't have enough sleep, I can't function. And I get, when I get tired now, like I can't even imagine I'm the same person that I was like in my 20s and even 30s where I could stay up. <laughs> My husband just walked in. <laughs> I'm waving to him. <laughs> um, I can't even believe I'm the same person who would be able to stay up till 2 in the morning and watch movies and then get up and, you know, be able to have like a whole day and be effective. Also... Um, what I used to do when I was younger is just really sleep in, like sleep till 11. I mean, I, I don't even have that as a possibility. Like I have to get going. So sleep is very important. Okay, so I am going to try to um, enjoy the rest of my day and see my family. And thank you so much for listening and let me, letting me talk to you and let you know what's going on and share with you what's going on. I really appreciate it. You all mean so much to me. You can find the podcast on Patreon, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Thanks. Bye-bye.